0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: Asking questions about the way the world turns, essentially, I like to think of it as somewhat of like my purpose in life.
2: Kismikia Corbett, an immunologist at the National Institutes of Health and one of the researchers behind Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine.
1: It's critical everyone has equitable access to all of the resources necessary to make it through this pandemic.
2: Dr. Marcela Nunez-Smith, leader of President Biden's COVID-19 Equity Task Force.
1: So here's the thing, it matters who is giving you the vaccine and it matters where you're getting the vaccine.
2: Dr. Ayla Stanford, a surgeon who brought free mobile COVID-19 testing and vaccines to Black communities across Philadelphia. I could keep going. Black women in science and medicine and public health have been at the forefront of fighting this pandemic. So many more have made significant contributions to medicine and public health, but their names and their stories have been buried by time and neglect. It's Black History Month. And today, we're gonna honor the life of Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler, a pioneer in our country's medical history, the first black woman to earn a medical degree in the United States. In the 1860s, she dedicated her life to helping others and paved the way for generations who came after her, including Dr. Melody McLeod, an obstetrician in Atlanta. Today, we're gonna hear from Dr. McLeod, who has worked tirelessly to honor Dr. Crumpler's legacy and to keep her story in our memories. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction.
1: When I was a little girl, I actually had a black female pediatrician.
2: Black women can be doctors. Melody McCloud always knew that because she grew up with one
1: which was a rarity at that time. We're talking in the 1960s. Her name was Dr. Doris Weathers. And I used to love to go to her office. I just, for some odd reason, loved to smell that fresh, clean, rubbing alcohol in the air. And also, I remember sitting there and hearing that she helped people feel better. You know, that stuck with me.
2: Dr. Doris Weathers was also a trailblazer, known for her groundbreaking research into sickle cell disease. Thanks to her presence, young Melody never wavered in her ambition, even when other adults around her were discouraging.
1: I remember that my history teacher, I remember her telling my mother at the end of a PTA meeting, as I was standing right there, she told my mother, well, make sure she takes typing because Black people don't become doctors. And and I still feel that today. I still feel the, the energy and the pain and the the pause, I guess, that I felt when she said that. But fortunately, I knew better already because I had Dr. Weathers. Okay, I already knew better than that. And so I said, no, I'm not going to let her being a naysayer discourage me from what I felt I wanted to do and what was the calling within my heart.
2: Melody worked hard, really hard. She got into Future Scientists of America then became what was known as a candy striper, a volunteer assistant in the local hospital. And in 1977, she made it to Boston University.
1: And when I entered medical school, there were 90 students in my class, and there were only nine black students out of the 90. So, you know, one-tenth of the class were black. But I have to say I had a great experience there, and it's a wonderful place to, to learn. In fact, there's a picture of me When I was graduating, someone actually caught me looking up to God, like, thank you, God, I made it out of here (laughs) well.
2: (laughs) At the time, Melody, now Dr. McLeod, did not realize that more than a century earlier, another Black woman had charted the very same path, literally and figuratively, that she now walked on. In 1864, Rebecca Lee Crumpler, remember that name, made history as the first Black woman to earn a medical degree at Boston University. Now, at the time, it was known as the New England Female Medical College.
1: I have not seen her story in any history books, and I just thought hers is a remarkable story. It's a story of courage and bravery, achievement, uh, intelligence, skill, and patient care, which is utmost in my heart. Rebecca was
2: born in Delaware in 1831 and may have been inspired by her aunt, who cared for the sick in their community. Rebecca started her career as a nurse in a hospital in Massachusetts.
1: What was impressive is that the doctors who and worked with her and they observed her intelligence, her skill, her dedication, and she was actually recommended to go to medical school to become a doctor. So she must have really had exemplary skills and intellect, I feel. In 1864...
2: As the Civil War raged, Rebecca graduated from medical school, earning the official title at the time, Doctoress of Medicine. For Dr. Crumpler, being a doctor was a way to serve and help others. She later wrote in her
1: book, I early conceived a liking for and sought every opportunity to be in a position to relieve the suffering of others. After the Civil War ended in 1865, she decided to go to Virginia, to Richmond, Virginia, because she realized that there was a need there for medical care, mainly for recently freed slaves. The grounds in Virginia were war-torn. I mean, you know, there was no buildings and things like what we even think about now. It was just rubble. And the U.S. government had set up something called the Freedmen's Bureau. They provided food and housing and, and medical services and clothing to those war-torn communities. So they were in tent camps with dirt underneath their feet. I can't even imagine how, quote-unquote, supplies were shipped in except, you know, horse and buggy or something at that particular time.
2: While working in the camps,
1: Dr. Crumpler experienced intense racism and sexism. While she was there, she didn't have an easy time of it. It's reported that she was denied privileges to admit her patients to the hospitals. Some pharmacists refused to honor prescriptions that she would write. And she had been told, even by some colleagues, that the MD behind her name stood for mule driver, mule driver, which is a very painful thing to hear. Despite
2: the indignity she endured, Dr. Crumpler persisted.
1: I mean, I had people say things that were hateful at times, but I just had to stay focused. So to have stayed focused in the 1800s during a civil war to succeed, to achieve, and then to go into an area where surely black people were not accepted, even though the war had ended. I just, I, again, I think she was just an exemplary, courageous woman.
2: Now, I just want to step in here and say something about Dr. McLeod, because while she is talking about Dr. Crumpler's bravery, you should also know that Dr. McLeod has been the victim of racism during her career.
1: I remember many a time when I would be on call for the emergency room at an Emory hospital, and, and I remember one particular patient. The woman had, we believe, a ruptured ectopic pregnancy. She was practically unconscious. Her husband was the one who was going to be given the consent you know, for her surgery because she was in and out, in and out. And I rushed down to the hospital. I walk in the emergency room, and I remember her husband telling me, you're the doctor? You're the doctor? Oh, no, I'm not having some Black doctor operate on my wife. And this was in, in the 80s and 90s that this was happening, so it wasn't that long ago.
2: Meanwhile, in 1869, after a grueling few years in post-war Virginia, Dr. Crumpler returned to Boston and started her own practice. And again, Dr. McLeod followed in her footsteps.
1: People began to tell me, you know, you know, you're the first Black female to set up an ob practice in DeKalb County. I'm like, I, I didn't know that. I do feel it was important for them to see a Black woman as a physician, as a surgeon, who was in their community to give care To that community.
2: Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler died in 1895 in Hyde Park, Massachusetts. She was 64 years old. She was married twice, and her first husband, Wyatt Lee, was a former slave. After he died, she married Arthur Crumpler, a blacksmith and a porter who also escaped slavery. The Crumplers had one daughter. You know, for almost a century, Dr. Crumpler's legacy was overlooked and forgotten. That was until 1989, when two doctors founded an organization called the Rebecca Lee Society, which supports and promotes black women physicians. It was, in fact, through this society that Dr. McLeod first learned about Dr. Crumpler's story. Then in 2013, the Boston University School of Medicine began organizing exhibits around notable alumni. Dr. McLeod received a call one day from one of the university's representatives.
1: And I asked him, this is 2013, I asked him, I said, well, do you have an exhibit for Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler? And he hemmed and hawed a little bit and said, no. And I said, well, we need one. I said, you do realize she was the first black female physician in the United States.
2: Thanks to her efforts, the exhibit is now a permanent fixture at the school. And that was just the beginning. Since then, Dr. McLeod has written articles, gone on TV, given presentations, and even lobbied the state of Virginia.
1: Then in 2019, when uh, the Virginia governor, Ralph Northam, was going through his blackface scandal, I thought, huh, you know, maybe he can provide a little salve to the black community of Virginia. So I let him know, his office know, about what Rebecca Crumpler had done in Virginia and how she served that community. And so I was able to secure a proclamation in her name from him for National Doctors' Day, which is March 30th, 2019. It was Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler Day in the Commonwealth of Virginia.
2: Last July, Rebecca and Arthur Crumpler, who have lain in an unmarked grave for more than a century, finally received honorary gravestones. We asked Dr. McLeod to read
1: the gravestone message for us. The front of the gravestone reads... Rebecca Crumpler, 1831 1895, the first Black woman to earn a medical degree in the U.S., 1864. And on the back it reads The community and the Commonwealth's four medical schools honor Dr. Rebecca Crumpler for her ceaseless courage, pioneering achievements, and historical legacy as a physician, author, nurse. Missionary and advocate for health equity and social justice.
2: Over the years, Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler has inspired and paved the way for so many people who came after her, and Dr. McLeod hopes she can do the same for others in the future.
1: And then as some of my patients would bring their daughters in to see, yes, a black woman, physician, surgeon, entrepreneur, all had my own practice. I think that did help show what we can do uh, and successfully. Thank goodness. Yeah, I I can say that now.
2: Thank you, Drs. Crumpler and McLeod, for all that you've done to break down barriers and to ensure that important legacies are not forgotten. This pandemic has laid bare the health inequities across race and class lines in our country and shown us how important it is to support more young people of color to join the healthcare profession. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.